Welcome, folks, to episode 46 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. 46, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 46. 46. Your age, isn't it? Uh, I've got no humorous comeback to that. I nearly... I tried. <laughs> I tried, but it never happened. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, otherwise known as the True Mr. Six. And with me today, I have Andy. And with me, I have today, I have Andy. The Pumba to your Timon. Hakuna <laughs> Matata, my brother. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> am I, I'm Timon, am I? I thought I was more of the Pumba than you. Yeah, that actually, I think that's a fair call. But if people want to get in touch and let us know otherwise, if they believe otherwise, I'm more, I'm definitely more rotund of the pair of us. <laughs> when I was a young warthog. When he was a young warthog. Ah, <laughs> uh, woo! Yeah, episode 46, man. I tell you, folks, are, uh, we're, we're creeping up on our two year anniversary, you know, ladies and gents. Yeah, we've just been talking about it before we started, well, before we hit the record button. Yeah, totting it up. So the 21st of July, 2017 was when our very first episode went went online. And we have an episode coming up on the 22nd of July, which will be our 51st episode. Expect some surprises that uh, episode. Yeah, we'll have to figure something out. But, you know, as always, we you know, we, we welcome contributions from, from the fair listener. We might not use them, but you know, send them our way nonetheless. And uh, BritRoller6.com Towers, uh, the PO box is open for gifts. Always, always open for gifts. I, I may, I may crack open the Italian sparkling wine again. <laughs> and the, the the limoncello. <laughs> and the limoncello. Yeah, mate, I felt rough on that Sunday. We'll talk about that in a minute because I had some JD too. Yeah. So speaking of uh, two-year anniversaries, we are recording on the eighth of May, two thousand nineteen. Two years to the day when the legend landed. Who's that then? That's me. I won UK Dice Masters National Championship two years ago on this day as we record. Not according to the win. Never trust the win system. <laughs> it's a dark, dangerous place. <laughs> I do have my uh, autobiography being released. Andy England, the man, the myth, the legend. I can sign a copy for you. All, all let that, me know if you would like one. All that confirms, though, mate, is that your is that your best days are legitimately behind you, like getting even more behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Never a true word has been spoken. Nah, true that. Uh, so yeah, welcome, folks, to the latest that we. Th- these rambly starts are getting ever increasing. Do you know, what I was thinking the other day. I haven't done a little known fact for a while. You haven't, have you? No. No, because I've, I've run out of fat doids. Have I learned anything new this week? I really genuinely haven't. <laughs> You've not learned anything at all? No. That's because I know so much. It's hard for me to find new knowledge, you know. Uh, I've, I've learned that limoncello doesn't mix with Italian sparkling wine and just Jack Daniels. <laughs> 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 the hard way. Uh, so I suppose, as always, man, let's get let's uh, let's find out what you've been up to in the last two weeks since we last put an episode out there. Uh, mine's pretty short. I've not done much at all. Couldn't go out for me Mansions of Madness game that I was looking forward to because oh uh, the wife was uh, doing training for her half marathon that she completed last weekend. Ooh, woo! Congratulations to uh, Mrs. Mrs. England for that. Well done, you. Uh, she won't listen. She never listens to this. Now the hashtag competitive wife doesn't listen either. 
she kind of earwigs in a little bit when she hears me putting the episode together. You know, like editing it together and putting in the theme music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could say anything. She would know. Just don't listen. I might play her this bit, though. Uh, So congratulations to her. So that that meant that (laughs) I wasn't allowed out for my my Friday night gaming. And other than that, what have we been up to? Oh, well, we did, we'll talk about it more, but we did some live stuff, didn't we, since our last episode? Yeah. We learned out how to do YouTube live streaming. Yeah. Very modern. Yeah. We, we might do one after we finish recording tonight. I don't know. We might just record. Have to remember how to do it. Yeah, it's getting on a bit, actually, over here already. We chatted for ages oh, we'll see. before we started. See, so that was fun. So we played some games. What did we do? Um, well, well, we're in. Well, like, like you say, we'll talk about it. We've got a segment on the subject, but we're into modern constructed now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hats are off. Gloves are off. Glo- gloves hats are off. Can, hats, hats can stay on all they like, but gloves are off. Yeah, you got to have a good hat. Got to have a good hat. <laughs> yeah, a Kangol. Got to be a Kangol. Yeah, a nice Spitfire or a Baker Boy. You know, for the winter, and a good Lassintz for the summer. No idea what that means. Uh, see, uh, Lacinth is the uh, official name. I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly, but that's the official name of what is better known as a bucket hat. Bucket hat, or like a like a bowler hat. No, no, like um, no. Hello, Mister Chumley Warner. No, like all right, mate. I'm from Manchester. Yeah, like, like my bowler hat, like Rennie used to wear in the Stone Roses. The drummer. <laughs> Do you know when you said Rennie? First thing I thought was was a low, a low. <laughs> no, I can't pull off a beret. <laughs> or maybe I can. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Try yeah. it. These movie star good looks, you know. Next MOD PDM, come along. See Chris in a beret. I might, I might put the bucket hat on. The Kangol bucket hat. Okay, well, that sounds like an eventful gaming two weeks for you then. <laughs> that's, 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 that's not done much. Played a bit of Dice Masters. I've just I've, I've tailed off the Apex as well because um, it's getting boring. It is. It's still fun when you play with with my mates. So when uh, my man Rob and Javier and Chris Williams, who's not Chris Williams, are on, then that, that's that's fine. That's a good laugh. We can run around and get shot, and it's funny. Uh, but just with the the random pairings, yeah, it's just a bit bit samey just drop down someone runs off gets shot in the back of the head by someone who's vastly superior to the game than me and then rinse repeat i had a game a little earlier on tonight while the kids were in the bath let me send you a picture did you win it's coming your way now there it is (laughs) well done thank you very much (laughs) um all right well should we talk about my game in two weeks then yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, so the the I suppose the big event for me was the one big weekend online uh, Saturday event, which was yeah, hella cracker. good fun. Yeah, hella good fun. You were around for that. You helped me out. You did the uh, camera operating and just generally hung out for well, generally to yeah. tell how badly I've been quite playing. Drunk, but it was overshadowed by yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I just decided I'm gonna have a good time. I'm gonna have a good time. I mean, there's already been a lot of coverage because we're we're two weeks behind the curve here, aren't we? Yeah, um, there's videos out left, right, and centre. Yeah, Rolling Thunder have have got the the juicy content from the the top two. I think I may have even been in the bottom two. I don't. I, I actually genuinely couldn't tell you where I came overall. <laughs> I don't think you did too bad. Um, so two wins, 
three losses. Four losses. We did six rounds. Four, oh, yeah, yeah. Two wins, four losses. I, honestly, mate, I legit... I, I, I mean, no offence to the guys at Four Horsemen Gaming that I played, but I legit can't remember that last game at all. I, <laughs> I was watching the video that we uploaded and I was like, well, I was there. That's my... <laughs> That's my voice. Completely, just no recollection of it at all. But uh, uh, overall, a tremendous day. Uh, it was. We started quite late in terms of the UK time, uh, and it was a Saturday. And uh, as you know, Andy, I like to have a beer when I'm playing. <laughs> or a sparkling Italian one. Or a sparkling Italian. Yeah. Well, I didn't. You know, obviously, when we play at venues, it's usually I usually pick up a pint or two. But I was at home and we only had wine in, so I opened up a lovely sparkling Italian. A fine grape, and, and finished the whole bottle by the end of my third game, and I only opened it at the end of my second game, which I don't know. So I'd necked a bottle in an hour. It's, it's not, it's not cool. It's not big. I am not bragging because because things went swiftly downhill from there. And then later in the day, I ran out of wine. I opened a second bottle of wine. Drank the best part of that, although the good lady, the hashtag competitive wife, had a few glasses too, just to you know. Uh, so I moved on to a little bit of Jack Daniels finished the Jack Daniels because I only had a, a few dregs left in a bottle and the only thing in the drinks cabinet was limoncello so I drank that classy one. yeah real classy um, and then was in a right state the following day but let's uh, less, less about that and more about the, the day's events so yeah six rounds of Swiss um, all, all done up. yeah nice nice although that's probably some girly cider you're on there is it strawberry and lime <laughs> <laughs> says the guy who got drunk on limoncello <laughs> and Italian sparkling like um, like some Hindu drinker um, so it was very much like a Hindu wasn't it the one big weekend there were highs there were lows there were arguments there <laughs> yeah was, someone, cry, someone crying in the corner there was an argument <laughs> yeah there was a stripper <laughs> yeah. that was the uh, that's Ross from from the, the weekly dice arena yeah yeah that's yeah. him yeah uh, I mean, he's, he's clearly been working out. The guy's been looking after himself. Yeah. Body of a, te- a temple of a body. Um, I played an amp- unblockable amp. Sorry? Or a body of a temple. Body of a temple. Temple of a body. Is that what I said? I can't, I I'm not quite sure which way around it is. I've had a sip of uh, <laughs> strawberry and lime. And it's all over for you, yeah. So, yeah, great. I played a great bunch of guys. Um, we've just mentioned Ross. I had a great game with Ross. Uh, on the Rolling Thunder podcast, he described described our game as rowdy. I don't, but I probably had had a few drinks by that point. The guys from Four Horsemen Gaming, Bodie, Jesco, who was, who, that was probably my highlight of the day. Uh, and that's going to influence another segment we're going to do this episode because uh, it got me to thinking about something there. So, yeah, just just a, cra- a cracking day. I was having a few drinks, chatting to people all over the world. Uh, but admittedly, by the end of it, I was just rolling dice and kind of not really doing much with it, but that was fine. Um, th- there were some ups and downs as, well, everybody's taken the high road on this and 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 generally not dedicated much airtime to discussing the, the the drama that's right they have should we take the high road well we did we discussed it somewhat before before we before we started didn't we let's talk about it well you know so james Bloor yeah always wins these f- Oh, that's, hey, that's, that's, that's me. Wow, two yeah, sips in his. Yeah, I know this. This actually a bit disgusting. Uh, I think 
I think there's something going on there. I think there's something going on there. What James hasn't told us is that, if, in fact, his wife is some kind of dice master's hyper-intellectual mastermind, and she's giving him advice and guidance off-camera. So she's like coaching him. Yeah, I think that can only be the answer. But yes, James won the event. Well done, James. Congratulations. Yeah, he really has something something about it. What one observation I had, I, I particularly struggle with single game rounds, which is what it was on the day. I understand why it was single game rounds because clearly there was there was a, a, a logistical element to getting all these people together online from all over the world, and delays can have somewhat of a negative effect, as we discovered on the day from the drama, but. People are going to be messaging us like, what drama? Because they won't know what we're talking about. Um, but I, I particularly struggle with that. I I perform better, definitely, in the in the best of three um, state. But James seems to have a bit of a gift of just being able to do that smashy-facey thing, just aggro it up and get it done. It, ben- it definitely benefits the aggro team, because like we, where you're more of a controlly person, so you lose your first game, work out how it's winning, and then stop it the next two turns yeah yeah get a there's feel there's been many a time where i've won the first game and thought i'm in for a steamroller and then you've adjusted and and then beat me the next two yeah yeah absolutely i think you're right and also it uh in a single game round you your roles are become a, a much more dominant force you know you can't mitigate the luck element quite as well um or take a second crack at the crack at it you know uh so there's one game in particular i had the i was using uh, that the orc what was it the the storm boys that deals four damage when they're fielded i purchased one up got it churned round it was ready to go uh, and all i needed to do i think if i remember rightly again things are a bit blurry for me but i needed to get rid of something in my opponent's field uh, someone might remember do you remember what it was i was trying to get rid of i feel like it was a black widow or a shriek maybe wonder woman no because he wouldn't have done enough damage to get rid of a wonder woman okay it was something it was something anyway yeah there was something i needed to get rid of turned it all around i was set and ready to go rolled it whiffed it rolled it whiffed it but i was all right at that point my opponent had another round bloodied my nose a little bit more but i was turning it around super quick because apparently drinking wine makes my bag management better uh, rolled it again, whiffed it. Rolled it again, whiffed it. Yeah, and I must have whiffed it like six times in a row. I, I just needed to land once, and I could have just made a bit of an epic manoeuvre and balanced the scales. Um, so that was a source of frustration for me, but, you know, what are you going to do? Why are you going to do? We're playing a dice game. <laughs> you know what I mean? No point getting bent out of shape about it. I'm salty about enough things. Can't get salty <laughs> about the completely uncontrollable stuff. But overall, yeah, I had a cracking time. I thought it was an extraordinary event. And uh, if anyone out there is who hasn't strayed into playing online using webcams and headsets and whatnot and is still feeling a bit sensitive, please do go and take a look at the videos that are on our channel, Ministry of Dice, Chris and Ross Game Room, put some, some of the games up that were played. Dice Masters with James and Zach have got some games up. Dice Masters in the Great White North have got some games up because we had participants from... Mm, all over the world and people who are involved in all those uh, channels uh, recording their games and just just not, not so much the games but listen to how people are interacting how friendly and warm everything was largely speaking certainly i listened to my games i was just bantering and having a laugh mostly because that's that's what what i play for and maybe that might just fill you with a bit more confidence to take that dive because even though it does feel a little bit weird at first you can have a belting day doing it it was proper nice to have it all in one day so you didn't have the elongated out you're using the same kit team week after week after week it was kind of one and done and it was a bit like a it was a night out 
but you're in on your own in front of your computer. <laughs> yeah, you weren't really. I mean, me and you chatted uh, in between rounds. TJ, the figurehead of Scottish Dice Masters, jumped into our hangout now and again, and we were just nattering while we were waiting for pairings and stuff. I was on the on the live chat with the guys over at Chris and Rob's games room, bantering with them, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed myself. I had an exceptional time. Uh, I want to say thanks to Arge, Matt Jordan, uh, Joe and Troy particularly. I probably missed somebody. Somebody else was probably in there helping out. You put on a belting day for us, guys. I really appreciate it. Even though I didn't win very many games, the company, largely speaking, was exceptional. Cool. cool. Well, other than the one big weekend that you've chatted on about for about 10 minutes, anything else you've got to yeah, I'll tidy it up a bit in the edit. Yeah, we we did um, a bit. We played a bit of modern down at the. Oh no, we didn't. I'll tell you what we did. We did consecutive numbers down at Element Games the other night. So your entire team had to be an eight number run consecutively. You know, so one through eight, two through nine, or even dare I say three through ten. Although I don't think anyone did a three through ten. Do you have thought that with a, like a, an event like that, you'd get some really fun teams? Was that the case? What, in the consecutive numbers? Yeah, you wouldn't have anyone taking anything too nasty, would you? Uh, well, yeah, you would. Say what? Yeah, two players brought super rare you anti teams. <laughs> Hi, Paul. Hi, Hi Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Their justification of which which is bobbins, by the way, but the justification of which was it was the last day that super rare you anti was still legal. Sounds fair to me. Yeah, yeah. I think I actually even packed my dice up and just let Paul get on with his turns at one point. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you've got this, mate. <laughs> you can go through the motions if you want, but I'm tidying up. <laughs> uh, so that was good. And then, of course, the games that me and you have had that you mentioned. I haven't played much non-Dice Masters related stuff. We've had busy weekends last few weeks, me and the hashtag competitive wife. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. All right, so we have a bit of a chat about what we've got coming up in this episode then? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, sure. Okay, so just uh, two segments for you this week, folks. We are going to have a little bit of a chat about Modern Constructed and uh, that kind of tie that up a little bit with uh, what's going on on our YouTube channel to sort of explain some of the games that uh, we've been streaming out live and, and what we're tinkering around with. So there's a process going on there that we're, that we're explaining. Uh, and then the other segment, we are going to have a little bit of a chat about sidekicks. The, sidekicks. The unsung heroes of Dice Masters. The sidekick. Because, I don't know, it's just been a lot of sidekick fun going on lately. And we thought we'd There's talk a lot about of things you can do with sidekicks. Yeah, absolutely. So a bit of a natter about that. Uh, and then that, that'll wrap us up for this week. Yeah. Should we get on with the show? I think we should. Yeah, let's do it. Moving on then. Folks, do you need a hero in your life? Hero, hero, hero. We, we need a hero in our life, and we believe we have found that hero. We've found our hero, Andy. We have. We have. Absolutely you have. We, we consider ourselves, we think, you know, we've got a bit of an edgy, bad boy, British rock and roll persona thing that we've put out there. But we're, we're teddy bears by comparison. This is the true, the true bad boy of Dice Masters. A, a legend. This, he will go down in the history books. We'll make sure that he goes down in the history books. And we would like to formally, publicly initiate him into the British bad boy rock and roll hall of fame lucan from rolling thunder we are not worthy we bow down to your mighty greatness your grasp of the anglo-saxon heart of our language 
is outstanding. I need a hero. And you are now my hero. Ham and cheese. Ham and cheese. Toasted, of course. Welcome back there, folks. And now for this next segment. Well, I suppose what we want to talk about is the fact that the modern constructed competitive season is soon upon us. Hunting season is open. <laughs> I mean, we certainly know we're going we're gonna to be getting an event over here. And as we've talked about many, many times on the podcast, we like to, to sort of pick a format and play around with some teams in that format. Most recently, we've been into the Justice set, but prior to that, we were messing around with the Mod Modern, and then prior to that, we had a Go Global 10 Escalation, in 10. 10 in 10. So we're, we're circling back round, and we're going to come back to Modern Constructed, uh, I think. And I put a blog post up a couple of weeks back after uh, I got knocked out of the two-team takedown, where I mentioned that dug out the old collector team that I used from Nationals last year uh, and dug out the old Boom Boom team that I used in the Nationals qualifier last year. And that kind of led to Andy suggesting... Hello, that we have a look at updating our last year's Nationals teams. It's the modern meta, see what we would put in to try and counter or include the new meta pieces and uh, see how it goes, see if we can forge something for the upcoming MOD PDM and then consequently the Nats, which is uh, soon to be upon us at yeah. some point, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, nonetheless, we've circled back round to modern. So now we've played around a lot, I suppose, with all the new sealed product. It's time to start kind of integrating it with the non-sealed product that's still in the modern space. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've got the skeleton of my collect team that i used in nationals uk nationals last year and i'm assuming i don't really know but you've got the skeleton of what was a dum-dum sidekick build i have indeed and we've been play, playing around with them a little bit <clears throat> yeah i still think it's got legs yeah i, I mean i think I, I said this in the blog post and i've said this previous about the collector i still think it's got legs i don't know how maybe i don't know i've been playing around i mean when i sat down tonight to do a bit of switcheroos i found that i changed out uh, it's in front of me now one two three four five of the cards so i've maintained the core win condition which is the collector norman osborne don't call me nobby um and the rare danger room the one that makes everybody villains the kind of core mm. the core element of the win conditions there and what I've also done is I've kind of looked at newer cards that have been released and thought, well, is that a better functional replacement for the card that was already in there? Cool. So give us a rundown of your previous Nationals team and then tell us what you've switched in and out. Yeah, OK. So the previous Nationals team, the basic actions were Magic Missile and Villainous Pact. And then into the cards, I had the Rare Danger Room, which makes everybody a villain. I had the common Batarang, which deals three damage to a villain card. I had the rare Chewinger, which was the Swarmer, um, that preps the dice when it's KO'd by non-combat damage. Uh, Norman Osborne, don't call me Nobby, of course. Uh, Gobby, sorry, don't call me Gobby. I had the Blob, 
I can't remember at Nationals whether it was the uncommon or the rare because I switched them around a lot at that point. Do you remember what I ended up settling on? I think you went for rare. I think maybe I did go for rare, but I've long since... Hold on. Developed more I've got your pre- blog post open here. I'll tell you exactly what you had. You had, yeah, rare appetite for destruction. Yeah, okay, the rare blob. I had the four-cost shriek, dark empathy, the clearer the collector tainly a tivan and then bishop the um non-combat damage control blockery type dude very cool what have you switched in what modern lcg meta power cards have you put into that team well so what i've done is i've decided to perhaps move away from the magic missile bolt thing that was going on using the magic missile global and as a result of that i've canned off um the Chewinga as well. Ooh. But I still need that ramp in there, I believe. So I've switched out for Power Almighty to see whether uh, I can get something going with that. What a choice. Yeah, well, you know, the whole point of this is to experiment, isn't it? And I've gone for the Cree Captain with the Cree Captain Global. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I've popped the Clayface Global on there too. Clayface Restless. Very nice. Yeah. So the intention, or what I'm going to try and play around with, is whether grabbing all of those Cree Captain early doors and using it with the Clayface Global can help me get to the Collector faster. Because that was always my problem, was I was always fannied about never getting my Collector. Mm. And see if I can't get him in the field quicker. I've then swapped Bishop out for the promo Black Widow, Agent Boobs. Good shout. Yeah, well, functionally, I mean, the purpose of the... Bishop was to slow down a tune, infiltrate, you know, pingy, zingy stuff. Mm. But I think now with Yuanti out of the picture, well, I don't know. I don't know. I just she's a three cost. She, she does that damage reduction, but I can get my hands on her quicker. I think she's probably going to be more useful in a meta where venerable dreadnoughts around compared to Bishop, who was perhaps more useful in a, you know, the old meta. Yeah, where, where it was getting slammed with against other nobbies yeah and four bat signals being bought all at the same time i'm a bit underprepared for other nobbies i must admit then uh, so that's a functional replacement and then i've popped poison ivy red in the one that uh, gets deadly when she blocks or is blocked by a non-villain character and she gets all the damage prevented to her by non-villain character dice so um i've still got the fixits and the gold dragons of the world on my mind yeah. Um, I think the Shriek Dark Empathy combo with the Collector was good against that, but without the Twingers, that might be less strong. So even though it's still on the team, I don't know if that that's there's a big question mark over that that I need to play test to make a decision around. And instead, I went with a three cost blocker that I can get my hands on quickly. You know. Yeah, that no, was good. Yeah. Really good card. So yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at. I have kept the Shriek Dark Empathy. Um, I'm thinking if I buy a danger room and then clay face it in, uh, I can get myself a shriek out, collector a shriek in, clear down the board on the other side. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if whether she's still got a purpose. Perhaps I think she probably has, but we'll see. And that's it. That's my changes. Very cool. Mm. Should I go with mine. Yes, please. Okay, so my team was basic actions were resurrection and team up. The character cards were Biddy Club, the rare one with the energy fixer for a mask. Professor X, No More Magnus, where you can pay a mask and field a sidekick from the use pile. 
Dum Dum Duggan gets plus one attack for each other sidekick in the field. Mimic borrowed Tarrant, Tarrant as in Chris. Yeah. Um, Blob, rare one, same as yours. Madam Web, the greater Web unravels. Shriek Sonic Beam. Uh, and Scarlet Witch, careful what you wish for. And the idea was that you flood the field with sidekicks, chucking as many dum-dums as possible. Madam Web pulls everything else to one side, and then the dum-dums go through for the damage with some generic protection in the form of Blob, Shriek, Scarlet Witch, and Resurrection, because it's good, and team up as a backup, just in case there wasn't quite enough to uh, hammer through. Yeah. Yeah. So what have I done? I've, I've faffed a lot about this. I had like about 15 cards inside Kick App. So I have also, I've binned off Mimic and brought in Power Almighty as well. Oh, interesting. Because uh, it's it's a very good ramp mechanic. I've kept Resurrection because Prep Global is amazing. Yeah. I've kept Dum Dum. Uh, sure. Yeah, win condition. Win condition. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've kept Shriek and Blob, and I've kept Professor X. No more Magnus, so I can still kind of put as many sidekicks as I can in the field, ready for Dum Dum. Yeah. And Power Almighty and um, all that. Then just realised I've got too many cards here. The Venerable Dreadnought, because with all the sidekicks in the field. You know, if you attack with one, you can do all the range damage with the rest. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Oh, flipping egg. I've got three, many, three too many cards. Let's get rid of that one. <laughs> so I thought about having Batman, the one from the Harley Quinn yeah, set that gets yeah, plus could... one attack, plus one defense. And Overcrush if there's a villain opposite, uh, because that was good, but... Not sure how great Parasite is in the one that we saw quite a lot of at the one big weekend that sure. doesn't attack but can add his attack and defense. Yeah, because Dum Dum always was that few damage short, so maybe that's going to make a difference. It's a two cost according to the Sidekick app. Let's hope that actually is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, that's good. Uh, we have still got Blob. We've still got Shriek. Venerable Dread not mentioned. Uh, I've gone for Nick Fury uh, as a two cost because I was a little bit worried about the higher cost of the cards. Although looking the back at it, they're not really. Which is uh, when Nick Fury, if there's an opposing villain character, die. You may field character dice for free. Uh, it's two cost shield as well, so I was hoping that it would help with the venerable dreadnought purchase. Mm. Uh, and also Black Widow agent, because why wouldn't, wouldn't you? <laughs> 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 uh, so there's quite a few changes. It's kept kind of like the backbone of it to some degree. A little bit worried to see how it fares without Billy Club and Mimic because they were the first kind of few things you did. Mm. Uh, but it's going to be an early power almighty. Uh, I thought about kind of something with the uh, action dice. There is a two cost crystal that when you use a uh, action, you can change question marks to sidekicks. Did I make that up? No, just when you roll them, you can change them. Oh, of course you don't need to use an action. I think. No, no, no. No, okay, so that one I thought because that's immediately getting sidekick. Well, hopefully getting a few more sidekicks out of the way, especially without 
the Billy Club. Thought that might be another way of doing it, but I've canned her for now. Sure. Uh, the Songbird with Intimidate is yep. a personal favourite at three costs. Uh, so I may introduce her in our scene. I wanted to try out. Well, you can only try eight cards, can't you? Uh, but that's certainly something that I want to play about with a bit more. Um, I think it lacks. It may lack a heavy hitter. When this team, when we were first playing this team back this time last year, before they announced rotation, the game changer was the old Grod, which is the seven cost, which gives mm. everything plus one overcrush. That did yes. did the business. And when you mimic ramped up to uh, to get a seven cost then that did a lot of damage. So I was having a look at a lot of big, big hitters to see if you can get up there quick enough to throw them out. So I was looking at Thanos. Uh, that does double the damage to any overcrash, cra- overcrash damage. Overcrash. Um, overcrash. It's like overcrush, but better. <laughs> Gorilla Grodd, the call-out one. Played around a bit with that on previous YouTube videos. Did I do on, did, did we do it on the YouTubes? Maybe, maybe not. I can't remember what we have or haven't done, really. Which has got a strike and call out. I really like that card because it's as if he's like, he's come out and he then just charges straight from the reserve pool into the field zone, into the attack zone on his own. And he's got the big attack and does the overcrush. But even without that, the call out is beautiful, especially with his big stats, because you can call out uh, whatever's ailing you on the other side uh, and knock it out or or a big hit to that end so it knocks your grod out so you can feel with him again next turn and hopefully get more overcrash damage uh, and the buff again although his fielding is pretty steep I don't think it's too bad I think it's like 1-1-2 one, one, I don't think there's a 3 fielding on there so lots of things to try out is uh, the short version of all that one yeah yeah um, but uh, yeah, I think yeah we're going to record one tonight, aren't we? With the, the teams we've kind of tinkered around with, see how they fare, and more than open to any advice that we get from you guys on what we should kind of put in or try about with it, and then we may or may not use those on the upcoming MOD PDM. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, Thanks. yeah. Who knows? I can't see myself using it. I don't know. Uh, no, to be fair, I mean there's so much cool new stuff. That it might just kind of warp, eventually warp into that anyway. Yeah, I was thinking while you were talking to your team, I was like, I can totally see him dropping that. Dum dum dum. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> yeah, bleeding venerable dreadnought and shriek. You've got the uh, black widow, haven't you? Yeah, I haven't. I'm. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm counting on my danger room global to take care of shriek, but she she can be tough to clear out with that three defense sometimes so uh, I've, I've i acknowledge at this point that i've taken a gamble that's why that batarang was so useful you know what i mean yeah the batarang is good yeah but we'll see you know that's the point get into it give it a try see how it feels i mean my main aim really is to see uh, i want to get into this clay face goal and see whether grabbing that collector super quick is gonna be advantageous or not yeah yeah i thought it would be better for swarm We've tried it a few times with the Cree Soldier, but it doesn't. It, although you can buy a Cree Soldier, clayface it in, and buy another Cree Soldier. So effectively, the first turn you can buy two for you know even if you got three energy, you get lucky and you got a fist and a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it didn't seem to speed up incredibly well. 
as much as I thought it would. Well, no, that's because well, I think what what I'm finding, or you know, although again we'll we'll experiment a bit more with this, is that when you are clay facing stuff in, well, there's two things that are happening. The first is when you finally get round to prepping your bag using a prep global, you've got six dice in your use pile, whereas mm. you know it used to be you'd prep when there was five, so you'd guarantee you draw the next turn, wouldn't you? Um, I think also what's happening is when you're clay facing stuff into your reserve pool to use as spends, they end up kind of getting caught in a cycle of going into transit because you've just spent them. So when your bag refill happens, yeah, I can so I can totally see someone buying a van or taking a vanilla two cost of you know the energy of their choice with a prep global, and then just each turn you just clay face it in use the extra energy to buy something or use a global prep and let it go into your used again. Yeah. <laughs> so you would never actually, never use, actually it. You use, just it, yeah. use it for the extra energy. Yeah. Um, but, sure. but, but to do that, that's a card slot then that that's kind of going dead. I suppose if your win condition does rely on you grabbing all of it really that quickly, then it's not too much of a problem. I don't know whether our win conditions, they need some groundwork, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is just kind of early stages to see how we get on, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of fine tuning and tinkering over the next few weeks. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But you know, we, we're going to put the <coughs> frog in my throat again. Uh, we're going to put the games out onto YouTube, <coughs> so you can see how well this these new builds have gone. If you want to go check out the Ministry of Dice YouTube channel, see how that went. Um, but for now, that's that's what we're thinking. So we. We're going back to Modern Constructed. Um, we're going to try and integrate some of the new sealed product into some older teams that were built less around the sealed product and see what's new, see whether older meta things have got legs or not that we liked, you know, uh, and just yeah. see where we're at. So we will report back. Will indeed. In a future episode, or like I say, go check out the YouTubes and see how we've been getting on. Don't forget to subscribe and like and subscribe. Click the notifications button and, and whatever else it is. And all that malarkey, yeah. Catch the cushion. Catch the cushions. I can't talk tonight. Catch no, the cookers. Hashtag. Catch yeah. the cushions. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, let's put Andy out of his misery. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> on to the next segment. <laughs> yes, welcome back, dear listener. And for this next segment now, we'd like to talk about. Well, as, as mentioned in the intro, what what we believe is perhaps the unsung hero of Dice Masters. No, not that hero. Hero, hero, hero. That's that's now the recognised, sung about hero. I may even actually write a song. It'll be the next number one. I'll bring it out for Christmas. I think that's appropriate. Sidekicks. We want to talk about the sidekicks. Uh, and specifically, the character face on sidekick dice. Uh, uh, and what I mean, uh, to be fair, Andy, you've played around with sidekick strategies f- for as long as I've known you, but... The, the thing that really brought it to the forefront of my mind was my one big weekend online game with Jesco, where he was using the Atlantis that, when a psychic is fielded, lets you draw and roll two new dice. And I, I think it would be fair to say that I was absolutely caught with my pants down and rodded. <laughs> by Some that. sidekicks, a fish, and a black widow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, black widow. And not Agent Boos, not the sexy black widow. The the Black Widow, the other one that looks a bit weird and blocky and funny. Yeah, it was it was a sidekick strategy designed to use that Atlantis to get sidekicks out in the field super quick, really fill the, the 
the field up with sidekicks, drop the Black Widow dice in that gives everything plus one and just storm over um, super quick with well, well, what in, in my case was quite a significant attack. I think it was a, a like a 15-point hit right out the gate. Mm. Uh, and so it just got me to thinking about you know, all the fun things you can do with sidekicks. See, I love the sidekicks. You do. I can guarantee to roll at least one sidekick every turn. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's one of the things about sidekicks. It is uncanny your ability to roll sidekicks. I've never seen anything like it, and it and it freaks me out. <laughs> I, I believe you've gone to the crossroads and sold your soul for that ability. You two at the crossroads. <laughs> you wrote that, didn't you? Uh, anyway, I, I did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think it'd be an interesting chat to talk about the fun things you can do with sidekicks. You know, it's it's the resource you start the game with, but it, it can be more than that. It can be a it can be part of a game winning strategy. You know, it is uh, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, should we speak largely from the modern context? Yes, let's let's speak largely from the modern context. Yeah, sounds very formal. It does. Well, I mean, it's been you know, it's a thing. It's been a thing since the the beginning of Dice Masters. There was always the what what's largely known as the flying sidekick strategy, which was Falcon from the Uncanny X Men set. That's the best set, you know. (laughs) (laughs) True story, right there. Yeah, Um, that's funny to me. But the the rest of the world, all the listeners, that they'll have not seen our instant message conversation on that subject. <laughs> so it's just a nice little private joke that that, that we're not going to no share. No, we'll get. Yeah. No. So, yeah, you have the flying sidekicks. But I think, um, you know, that, that legacy lives on in a lot of dice now, and there's there's still great things that you can do with them. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of things to buff sidekicks. I mean, first of all, the regardless of what your team is, the, the basic strategy is if you've got a sidekick, or the more sidekicks you've got in your field zone, the less dice you've got to churn through to get to your good stuff. True that, true that. So rule number one is if you want stuff to come through your bag quicker, put some sidekicks in the field zone, and then there won't be as many to pull out your bag. Yeah, absolutely. And that's I think that's one of those kind of core basic things. I, mean, I definitely have a habit of rolling a sidekick and saying to myself, oh, I'm going to re-roll that, I want the energy right now, because I don't have that, that sort of long game thinking that says to me, well, actually, do you know, if I can get this out the way now, all right, it's affecting my buying power at this point, but... I'll be thankful for it later on. Yeah. Um, Plus, if you've got an energy fixer, there's your five energy. Well, yeah, certainly that's uh, something that that I was going to mention. Again, I, I suppose more in your ballpark than mine, because I'm not a fan necessarily of the energy fixer so much. Oh, that's because you don't take one, because you know that I always do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's like uh, that's to do with my whole thing about globals, where uh, I try and play with, with as few globals as possible, but then... <laughs> try and maximize the advantage i get from ones that my opponent brings. but uh, yeah uh, energy fixes are certainly one of the fun things that you can do because it allows you to kind of con- control that buying power to make sure you've got the energy that you want you can kind of bank it for for later use or using them instantly that's one thing i see people do a lot is like oh, i'll roll the sidekick i'll use it straight away and to energy fix it into a thing but actually in that kind of long game thinking one of the fun things you can do with sidekicks is get it in the field it's just going to sit there it's helping the, you get through your bag quicker it can serve as a chump blocker if, if the need arises but then it's also kind of in the bank ready to be used with your energy fixer at perhaps a more crucial moment later on yeah so if you've got a specific high cost character that you want to buy use the energy fixer that matches the energy that you need to buy it yeah. so billy club turn it into a mask five cost collector straight yeah. in and bought. 
no Absolutely. Mess, no fussing. You like resin? Then the oh, what is it? It's not. Is it Mjolnir? No, Mjolnir is the bolt. It's um, Bifrost. By oh, yeah, not that Bifrost. I don't think. Oh, uh, Bifrost. Still a turn into a, around these parts though. Turn into a shield. Res over another. Plenty of shenanigans to be done with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, they just they're, they're definitely an important thing to get your head round, uh, and I'm not great with it. I'll be the first to admit, and it's something I try and work on all the time. But it's definitely something you can use to help your kind of your bag management, your ramp, your churn kind of strategies there. Um, but it's not that difficult to get your sidekicks up to a bit of fighting strength either. I don't think. No, I mean the first thing that I'm thinking of is the Batman Malekith. Oh Malekith. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Plus one. Is he plus one, plus one, and they become a villain? That's correct. Getting Malekith out. Bosh, suddenly you've got two, two sidekicks, and they're villains, so they count towards your your nobbies, your Cree captains, all that villain loveliness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we were talking modern, but I used it in a global escalation team with Black Manta, and just having all my sidekicks as villains was really helped me kind of smash out the damage through his retaliation game tech. but as you said you've then got you've got a couple of different Batmans haven't you you've got the Batman that gives them plus two when they attack yeah yeah which is, which is mental absolutely very mental. cool yeah uh, I mean 3-1 and I, I know there's a lot of us out there who kind of get drawn to the larger characters with the, the big attacking power but uh, a couple of sidekicks at three attack each, and it's it's not to be sniffed at for sure. And and, and there's also sometimes no real disadvantage to just throwing your your sidekicks with an attack buff down the field and just putting your opponent in a position where they've got to make decisions. Do I, you know, I let that sidekick through, and that's fine, and it'll go back into my opponent's use pile. But it's it's now a three point hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and a, and a few of them, and you you're out of your comfort zone with your life total you know yeah let alone the other batman from the that one is strikes terror into criminal hearts from the harley quinn set the other one from the harley quinn set which is plays too rough where batman himself gets plus one attack and plus one fence for each sidekick character dice in the field zone that's both players uh, and if they your opponent has an active villain character he gets overcrush that's a beast as well isn't it yeah, and he's, he, of course, is not the only one who either buffs sidekicks themselves or receives a buff as, as a result of the sidekicks. You've got Wong, he um, he buffs up sidekicks and as an ally himself counts as a sidekick. That dum-dum that you used last oh, year, yes. uh, he can get pretty big pretty fast with a, a few sidekicks out in the field. He can indeed. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's lots of stuff you can do there. Uh, and I think one of the things that, even though sidekicks were used a lot in in Golden, one of the things that really have taken sidekicks to the next level are cards like the new Professor X. I say the new Professor X, there's another one on the way. The middle Professor X? And NPXG? Uh, no, yeah, no, no, no more Magnus, isn't it? That's new PXG, isn't it? That's new PXG, but soon to be well, old PXG when the, the other PXG comes along. But then there's already an old PXG. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But he has a global Together. pay a mask, uh, just draws a psychic out your field. Atlantis has brought back the Star Labs global, where if memory serves, it's a fist and a shield to prep one and field one. Uh, and then you've got the Warhammer 40k basic action, Instant War, that lets you grab psychics out your bag, although it does admittedly give your opponent an opportunity to get them too. But the cards like this uh, are just kind of keeping 
sidekick strategies alive because you can get your hands on them. And uh, let's not forget a few of my favourites. Mimic Borrow Talent. Main sure. sidekick, field a sidekick, prep two dice. I've bag burned more energy than I've lost by um, <laughs> uh, by damage by doing that little manoeuvre. That is a beautiful way of ramping. I love it when you bag burn. Uh, you've got Jubilee, field a sidekick, do one damage to target character or player. The super rare, the mall rat. That's a beautiful card. Yeah, I've not used her a great deal, but I have seen people using it it doesn't seem a lot i know i've said this before uh, so regular listeners will know where, where i stand on this kind of ping damage thing but one damage doesn't feel like a lot until you realize that it's happening every turn from the third turn without fail and yeah. it, it soon starts totting up she's a two cost so she's nice and cheap to get out yeah and it's the the epitome of what i think dice masters is which is you soften them up with the direct damage and then swing in with the remainder and she is the, the epitome of that Early purchase, ping, 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 do a, a bit of soften up damage before you swing in for 14, 15, whatever it is. Yeah, well, you, you know, so this kind of one-turn kill style of play is, is, is definitely a big part of Dice Masters. But it, it's just that, that little bit easier to get yourself up to 14, 15, isn't it, than it is to get yourself up to the 20 sometimes. Yeah. You know, especially if that's tying into your larger strategy. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bard was in some degree like that, because you had your Oracle and Elf Thief out and a sidekick and Bard. That gave them all plus three. And then it was the, the sidekicks that usually tipped the balance and did the, da- the difference. Yes. Bard. Similar with Beholder. <sighs> it was Beholder that got the front line push. And in, indeed, the front line team, which was... Uh, banging around for a while when uh, that card first came out which was literally buy a front line field sidekick super quick swing in and do all the damage by just buying an action and fielding sidekicks yeah i love the sidekicks yeah absolutely i suppose that's the point really is that just as i say my game with with yesco just kind of really put it front and center in my mind of we dismiss it competitively i think a lot of people play around with sidekick centric strategies in a casual environment you know and say oh do you know what? i'm gonna have a crack of that batman that overcrushing batman with a load of sidekicks today but just went to, sh- to show that you know if, if you're a rush aggro kind of player or you like to play lean and make the most of all your resources that actually having some good fun strategies with your sidekicks could be a way to go another one of my favorites is that samantha wilson the common when you feel the sidekick draw and roll a die that's quite good with spot as well you can draw and roll two if you still can, you uh, yeah, can I, think, can, yeah. I think that one's all right yeah yeah i was talking about before the whole being able to draw and roll a die on your turn potentially buy a character and field it in the same turn using that mechanic is is definitely a way to put your opponent on the back foot and get you the advantage yeah fetid bloat drone global great churn method yeah um, let's you sacrifice one to draw and roll two dice uh you got dark side of course make some swarmers yeah what's the, the other malekith with the global where you ko is it specifically a sidekick or is it any no character? it can be anything i just uh, you probably oh, okay. say i think you're saying that because i use that malekith quite a bit for purchasing actions and it tends to be sidekicks that i just kind of throw under the bus for him <laughs> 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 just because they're you know they're a low free gives you a bit of ramp because they go into the prep when you've KO'd them helps me purchase the action I'm, I'm going for and i didn't need to buy them they were just there ready to go you know so sidekicks are just i i, I don't there'll be some people listening right now going well yeah duh <laughs> <laughs> 
But I, I suppose the point is what we're saying is that it may be time just to have another closer look at kind of psychic-centric strategies, whether it be psychic-centric ramp, psychic-centric, or, or even a combination of all these psychic-centric direct damage strategies. I mean, there's tons of stuff you can do with them. Dum Dum Duggan makes them well hard. It makes himself well hard. No, isn't there one that? Oh, the the rare where they can't be damaged by globals or character abilities. Yeah, you know, so if it's, uh, Spider-Man, they have to block your psychics first your psychics don't take damage yeah amazing mm. um so if there's anyone listening a relatively new player or or someone who's kind of drifted away from these and is looking for something to play around with i, I think yeah go go back to go back to your sidekicks go back to the that fine resource that you get eight of at the beginning of every single game and if like andy you've got the magic touch and he seems to be able to roll one miraculously every single turn even more so yeah, definitely. So I roll four now. Let's see if I can get some sidekicks. <laughs> uh, four dice, three sidekicks. Thank you very much. Oh, it's it's uncanny. Uh, so yeah, I know there'll be some people listening who are a bit like, well, yeah, obviously, you know, loads of people have been playing with, around with sidekick strategies. But, you know, I'm just sharing what's on my mind about Dice Masters. Yeah, we didn't have much else to talk about either. Yeah, the universe has failed to provide this <laughs> It's too right. It's been it's been dry. I was on I was on Discord the other day and I said, "Oh, it's a bit quiet around here, isn't it?" And uh, I think it was Troy who came back and said, "Well, you know, we're in that kind of silent running period where everyone's making Nats teams and keeping the mouse stum." Oh, it's the secret time. Yeah. So, and he's and he's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. But then if we didn't talk about anything, it'd be really bland. Well, this may well have been a bland segment anyway, upon reflection. It was all right. Yeah, it was okay. I think we just named a load of cards that did things with sidekicks. Yeah, true. I just rolled three sidekicks, though. I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, let me grab some sidekicks and see what I can... Where's my dice bag? Let's see what, what we can do here. Um, four, yeah? Yeah. Okay, here we go. <sighs> not a one although oh. I tell you what I've just done I've done a fist a shield a mask and a bolt oh that's clay face plus five attack plus five defense and overcrash <laughs> <laughs> oh dear alright let's, let's wrap this one up here before we send people to sleep bye 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 play with sidekicks bye now <laughs> <laughs> yes folks sadly once again that brings us to the end of yet another Ministry of Dice episode or maybe not so. Sadly, I, I, again, I'm calling the universe out. You've not provided this week at all. I know, right? Usually we, when we start faffing around what we're going to do and then WizKids announces some bollocks that we can talk about. Yeah, some some something goes down. I mean, we had the one big weekend, but the coverage of that... Yeah, that has been done already, isn't it? Yeah. By everyone. Yeah, so the universe has failed to provide. Uh, so I say sadly, you might be sitting there going, no, actually, Chris, to be fair, I'm I'm pretty glad that's over and done with, listening to you churn on name cards that do things with sidekicks and then talk about modern constructed, telling us all what we already know. It was, uh... it was, it, it, and the concept was quite good, I thought. Yeah. It's yeah. the execution. Execution. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can't all be winners. Tell you what, I'm still not in the uh, Rolling Thunder Hall of Fame. You won't be. I keep telling you this. You won't be in the Rolling Thunder. You won't be in the Rolling Thunder Hall of Fame because 
uh, um, Arge says very specifically at the start of that section, retired or semi-retired, and despite the fact that your best days are clearly far behind you, you still <laughs> play regularly. You don't qualify. But that's okay. okay. That's okay. I'll quit. I'll quit. I'll quit Dice Masters and now get me in the Hall of Fame. Well, and that, then I'll start off again. I was about to say, that, that's a choice that you have to make for yourself. Mm. However, Lucan is now in our British Hall of Fame. Yes. Welcome. Yeah. Come on. I get edged out. Yeah. That, that boy talks like he belongs in a classic Guy Ritchie gangster movie. Oh, jeez. Uh, UK listeners, don't forget, the MOD PDM's coming up. It's taking place oh, on, yeah. on the 18th of May at the Crescent Gaming Consortium in Leamington Spa. Tickets are selling. We've got a, a fairly strong showing right now. Um, we've got uh, Modern Constructor going on on the day. Uh, so if you want to kind of take a look at what the kind of modern meta in the UK is looking like right now, then come along. Uh, we will hopefully get our Nats announcement soon enough so we'll know what the dates are looking like there. But do come on down. The prizing is looking super good this time around. I've been very busy hustling about getting some really cool superhero related merchandise but uh, first place second place and fellowship have a super size super size super size super spies promo set uh, ready to be awarded and there are super spies promo sets in the mystery true mr six prize raffle as well so it's fair game for anyone if you're looking to try and get your hands on one of them so do come along head on over to the ministry dice facebook page where you'll find the event posting and that'll have the link for the ticket page in there that's that's really it isn't it i mean for international listeners i'll get team lists and whatnot afterwards if you're interested they've got to get ready for their own nets haven't they uh yeah so that that is like literally just kind of around the corner over there isn't it that's exciting you've yeah. got my flights yes get your flights but yeah, we'll have to. I was going to say we'll have to organise someone to report on the event for us, but you'll be able to do it. I'll be your man on the ground. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, look forward to that. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll be Come back on. in two weeks. Hopefully, the universe will give us something to talk about by then. In the meantime, I've been Chris, otherwise known as True Mister Six, and I've been Andy, aka. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> we we put the episode out on a Monday. Oh, sorry, sorry, my bad. Yeah, it's all right. It's, it's easily confused. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye-bye. I just got dicked on by a fish. <laughs> We're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be a nice finisher for the vid then. I'm going for a drink. I'm opening the wine now. <laughs>